Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to Hunt Fred's October podcast, episode 47, the Howie Judson edition. I'm your host, Coop. And tonight we have a special podcast because the sponsor of the podcast is on with us tonight. Callie, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'd be doing a lot better if uh, I had a new laptop and uh, some other things. I'm going to need you to write me a formal request for all of this typed, you know, APA format. You can turn it into me by next Tuesday. We'll talk. <laughs> all right. I'll send you an invoice. Uh, we also have uh, Woo on. <laughs> Woo. How you doing? Doing all right. Glad to be back, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? Find out. Eat at Arby's. Uh, we also have Branch is on with us tonight. Branch, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, thinking about one of my favorite lines ever wrote was uh, from Rodney Carrington. Shout out Rodney Carrington. Even if you're a big fat man, I'm a titty fan. Whip them out and show them to me. And we had that in this World Series, so I'm very happy about it. This is true. We'll, we'll talk about that if we. Yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, we also have Sarah on with us. Sarah, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. All right. Uh, so why don't we jump into some uh, World Series discussion? <laughs> We're recording on Wednesday night, and Game Seven of the World Series is on. Actually, future Red Anthony Rendon is at the plate right now. So, Game Seven, World Series. Woo. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on. Uh, how the World Series has gone, and uh, what do you think is going to happen here in the last uh, five innings? I think it's been a wrap for being a seven-game series. It's been kind of boring, to be honest. There's been a lot, a lot of lopsided, lopsided games, and uh, the home team never winning kind of you know takes some air out of it a little bit. But hell, I'll take as much baseball as I can get. So um, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's one nothing right now. I kind of I don't want Houston to win, but. Whatever. I don't care. Just have it be a good good finish. And it's strong. Nice tight game. Be good. Yes, Houston's up one to nothing and we can we can do the play by play because it's not live. Uh <laughs> Callie, what do you think of the World Series so far? I've sort of thought it's funny that the home team can't win. But um I don't know, I've been conflicted as to who I want to actually win the thing because at first I thought Houston, because I actually don't dislike the Astros and I love Justin Verlander, obviously, but then they had their PR nightmare that was kind of uh-huh. offensive. But I also associate the Nationals with one specific person that I'm just not a real big fan of. And if you think real hard, you probably don't like her either. Um, also, Trump will take fucking credit <laughs> if the Nationals win. So oh, yeah. I, I just got that. It's, it's all just it's conflicting to me. So. Yes. He has cool jerseys, but Nolan Ryan, you know, but. I don't know. I, I got you. No, I uh, I finally got who you were talking about, and yeah, she's got me blocked. Uh, Sarah. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, she's terrible. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, give us your World Series thoughts. Honestly, I haven't been paying attention a whole lot, other than you know some some bat antics, and <laughs> and yeah, the whole PR nightmare with the Astros and stuff. But I with Callie, I'm kind of on the fence of who I want to win, so 
you know. I got you. Branch. All right. I, I've enjoyed it. I, I think some starting pitching, some of it's been just unbelievable and been great. Um, I'm man crushing something fierce on Juan Soto right now. I love that kid. He's good for the sport. He's fantastic. Watching Altuve and Rendon do what they've done in this series. Holy crap. They are so good. And we're so privileged to be able to watch them. My one downside of this series is the umps have been way too much of a story in it. Yeah. And that's they, something they, I want to talk about next. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I've loved it so far. This is the best moment, the guy with uh, double fist and the beers that took the baseball to the chest on the home run. Uh, it's, either I think that, like the, it's either that or the two girls that flash behind home plate. It, yeah, that's true, yeah. Both I'm there. a Teddy fan. Now, I'm now, a Bud Light fan, too. I mean, good God. Now, yeah. that guy was dedicated. He was yeah, like, they're reaching out to their demographic to me. He was like, beer? Did you see that the Bud Light gave him like a shirt and yes. sent him to the next game? But yeah, he's yes. like, I got two beers. I just bought them. The ball's coming at me. I mean, you got to think about that's probably a twenty dollars investment that he's got yeah. in his hands. I bet you that dude caught when he was a kid, <laughs> and he was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna take one for the team." Yep. I bet you that dude caught when he was a kid, and he's like, "Shit, I can still take this." Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I still don't understand how Fox let uh, let the flashing get by their uh, delay because, I mean, it's got to be on like a ten second delay. Was no, I guess nobody was, you know, looking out for the headlights. But it's pretty obvious to me. But <laughs> I, I didn't notice at all until a replay. No, it was I, a pretty weak flash, to be honest with you. I didn't know about it until what? it was all over it was Twitter. Up at the top of the screen. Yeah. To be fair, though, unless you're at Mardi Gras or the e- an Easy Rider rodeo, do you really ever expect the headlights? Yeah. You're just happy when they happen. <laughs> well, I always look at the people that sit behind home plate just to see what they're doing because most of them are usually not actually watching the game. And I was like, I do yeah. that too. What I, is I that? Never, I never look at them. I never look at the stands at all. I, I can't help it. It's like I don't, it's almost distracting. To me. It's if I'm, if I'm, I feel the same way, Callie. If I'm watching a, <laughs> if I'm watching a Reds game, I'll look in the diamond seats because. Sometimes uh, some people that I know will sit back there and I'll be like, you sons of bitches. I've never yes. sat there. Like like my sister one time and her husband were sitting in the diamond seats. And I took a picture of it and sent it to her while she was at the game. And then she waved at me at the game. Yeah, that's a great story, I know. But still. Well, that's uh, cool. <laughs> people have this kind of like people that I live do. at the beach and never on the West Coast and never go out on their balconies or anything to enjoy the sunset. Because they got it every day. Yeah. The only thing that ever gets in my nerves that I will notice from time to time is if you're right behind home plate and you're on your phone the entire game. And I'm like, you know what? There are pseudo, not really poor middle-aged men like myself that would really, would probably Uh do some unquestionable things to have those tickets. Unquestionable (laughs) or highly questionable? Highly questionable. (laughs) Highly questionable. Highly questionable things to have those tickets. (laughs) And get off your phone. (laughs) <laughs> okay boomer yeah, yeah okay boomer <laughs> so the, one, the ones that never look up I mean it's fine to look at your phone but they, some of them never look up so I wanted to discuss this call last night of the runners interference at first base it's it got a little heated on twitter between the old school you don't know baseball like I do people and uh, like just random people I, I thought it was a pretty weak call myself. 
So Trey Turner hit that kind of like a swing bunt kind of thing, and he was running down the first baseline. He was barely inside the line. He was still on the dirt, basically. And by the time he got to first base, he was in the baseline. But the throw from the pitcher went into the baseline, and uh, he hit the first baseman's glove. He got called out for interference. And then Davey Martinez went on a nice little rant. If you follow John Boy on Twitter, you should. Uh, He had a nice breakdown of his rant. Uh, so he got tossed, which apparently was only the second time, or the, he was only the second manager to ever get tossed from a World Series behind, you guessed it, Bobby Cox. So, Wu, I wanted to start with you on this one. What did you think of the call, one, and why did it take them so long to talk to New York about the protesting the game? I mean, it, it almost like ruined the flow of the game. I, it, was, it was a horrible call, in my opinion. You can trout out direct language and this and that within the context of what the rule is made for. The rule is made for a ball behind the runner, you know, right in front of the plate in that area. Uh, so the catcher or the pitcher, whoever's feeling in that area can have a clean ability to throw the first, right? This ball was almost, you know, it was a third of the way down the line to third. It was a bad throw that resulted in, in, in the quote interference. It's, I've never seen a call. Like I've seen, I've seen runners called out because they're in the grass and running and get hit by the ball. I've never seen it where the guy was literally a straight line from the box to the bag. When he was at the bag, he was where you would expect him to be. And the the throw went into the line, and that's what caused the issue. It's uh, the bad throw. The runner didn't cause the problem. The bad throw caused the problem. Um, the rule needs some clarification. Uh, you know, it, it's it's just it's one of those judgment calls. It's stupid. It, I've never seen a call that way. I don't know why you would call it in a World Series that way. And then they just went and fucked it all up even further because it's non-reviewable, but they maybe reviewed it. I don't know what happened there. And then the protest, everything was just it was it was just a bad look for baseball when mm-hmm. we've already had issues with umpires and zones, and you know a lot of people trying out. Oh, here's the exact language. I'm like, well, then where's the exact language when you sit there and defend the umpires about the strikes that they're not calling strikes? Correct. And, and, and things of that nature. It, it's not their job to inject themselves in the series it's happened a lot um some of it can get cleaned up um and you know hopefully baseball takes a look at this and says hey let's let's review this rule a little bit make it a little more clear you know that you know if you look at the rule i mean it's like if you're hit the ball to shortstop and you're not in that runner's box when you're approaching the bag and the ball comes up the line towards home and you you know you run into the guy uh the first baseman with his glove they call you out that's not it's not the intent of the rule at all. Uh, I just hopefully baseball does something, clean it up a little bit, and we don't ever have to see this stupidity again. Well, and here's the thing. Shout out to Paulie. Trey Turner bats right-handed, so he's running out of the right-handed box anyway. He ran straight to the bag, which the bag straddles the foul line. So he didn't He didn't run in the grass. If he was running, like you said, if he was like two feet in the grass running down, fine. You know, I'm, o- I'm okay with that. But he ran straight from where he was standing in the batter's box and was dead on the line at the bag. And like you said, to make that call in that situation. And I think something that's been overlooked is he hit the bag, right? You know, everything happened like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't know what the runner's supposed to do. Because like, if, if he runs... A lefty doesn't have to worry about, you know, it, it's a disadvantage to a righty at that point. Because if you're going to say, oh, you gotta stand, he's got to run in an arc and not go right. point to point, it, it's just it's stupid. <laughs> Because if he runs in that box, 
that he's got to come back to the left to get to the bag. So, yeah. Callie. No, I agree with that completely. It was a terrible call. And I don't understand why it took so long to decide the call to begin with. It definitely disrupted the flow of the game. I don't think the ump should definitely be as much of a story as they have been in the World Series. They should be irrelevant. I don't like robots, but I'm all for robot umps after all this. It's it's kind of time. I'm at least for the automated strike zone, at the very oh, least. Oh, for sure. At, yeah, at minimum. Branch, your thoughts? All right. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much in line with everybody else. I, I, I know the rule. I've watched that rule be broken all 162 fucking regular season games. Yes. And it not be called, but it get called because it's in the fucking World Series, where it actually matters more. Matters. If you're going to call it, call it. It's kind of like the pine tar and all that shit. If you're going to call something, call it all year. Don't change the rules when you get to the World Series. It's bullshit. They need to quit penalizing righties because the way the rule is written, a right-handed batter has to run a dog leg to first base, and it doesn't make any sense. Now, this is the World Series. This is the pinnacle of baseball. If baseball's so damn worried about recruiting new fans, and they were watching what really was a very enjoyable game, even if it's a new fan, you're not going to understand the this stuff with with the uh, you know, Soto carrying the bat to first and all that, but it's still a good game last night. It was a very good game. But if you're turn, tuning into this for time because it's a freaking random Tuesday and there's really not any other sports on, do you really want it to be some questionable call that even if you're a new fan, you go, well, hell, the throw was off. Why is he out? And it, that's a bad look on MLB right there. And it was yeah, like 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it's a bad look. That. It was definitely a bad look, but there were a couple of good things that came out of it. One was Davey Martinez losing his shit, which was hilarious. But the other one was Trey Turner getting caught on camera <laughs> saying, Joe Torrey's right over there, not wanting to show his that face. Why don't you go ask him? That was so badass. I laughed my <laughs> ass off. That was pretty funny. It was awesome. That was awesome. Loved it. I, I don't know if you saw, but uh, before the game today, A.J. Hinch said that he agreed that they should have been called like a logical call and should have been called safe. Of course, because that throw. was I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, it's a bad throw. Sarah, your thoughts on the the whole ordeal last night? It was bad, honestly. All right, Phil. <laughs> I was either putting groceries away or passed out. So I got you, <laughs> my girl. <laughs> <laughs> so our next topic, woo! You had something you wanted to discuss. Yeah, so all kinds of talk. You know, you mentioned Anthony Rodone, future Cincinnati Red, and stuff like that. So just sort of a, a thought exercise about baseball salaries and, uh, like, the mid and small market teams, like how they could land a marquee free agent. And um, basically, you know, the, you look at the Reds, they got three holes to fill, probably in a lineup at least. Uh, but looking at an idea where it's, like, more for, like, if, you, if you're entering your window and you've got – one or two years, one or one or two players, maybe three that you that kind of pushes it, but that you got to, you know, you need to bring in. Um, it, it's not that the teams can't afford the AAV, you know. It's not, oh, we can't pay that guy thirty million a year. It's it's that, hey, we can't do it for six years or seven years. You know, when these teams enter their window, they can definitely increase their payroll by a crap ton. You know, like the Reds, they could easily, if they really really want to go out and do something. You know, oh, we're entering our window. Let's let's bump our payroll up to close to two hundred million. They could do that for a couple seasons, and, and with the increase in 
attendance and ideally going to the playoffs and all that stuff. It'll all pay for itself at the end of the day. So when I looked at that is why, you know, it's the years really that a lot of teams balk at, right? You see that Rendon out there, 200 and what are 10, 10, 20 million for seven seasons. Um, why, why not look at, you know, trying to entice a player? And this isn't going to work for every player, obviously, but try to entice a player where um, you pay them at the end of the day what they're worth. So rather than, you know, having an AAV of 30 million for Rendon, you go, hey, you know, we're going to, how about a two year deal worth, you know, $110 million and say, you know, you're going to come here and play and you're going to make equivalent to three or four seasons worth in two seasons, come out on the other end, still be serviceable and probably sign a significant contract. Um, obviously, there's risk on both sides of the coin uh, for front office and for the player, but just something I was kicking around looking at, you know, as a way for the Reds to maybe think outside the box a little bit in terms of how to go and nab some talent and and put together a winner. Um, you mean like kind of like overpay them short term? Like, I mean, you're not really overpaying them no, at the end of the day, like but because you're not doing this for seven years, like you said. Correct. Yeah, you're it's saying are really overpaying them, but you're paying them a significantly larger sum than. You're, you're, a lot yeah, of correct. You're you're saying, mm-hmm. hey, you give up a little bit of that longer term security to make more money in the short term. Yeah. So it's a give and take, and and a way to sort of maximize a window, because you know if you look at the big picture of Major League Baseball, you know, you got to spend the money to go most of the time. And, you know, the Reds are never going to do that season in, season out, but they can do it for 2020, 2021. They can pay upwards of $200 million and try to compete. Especially next season. That, that pay- yeah. With how much money is coming off the books. They can't, be locked in the- so- yeah, they can't be locked in the payroll for five years, you know. It's like, oh, let's go out there and, and say, hey, we're going to pay – you know, uh, grand doll, we're going to pay you two, we'll give you two years, 80 million bucks. You know, so it's, it's one of the, you kind of look at it, you're breaking down, like I went and looked on fan graphs, the value of players based upon, you know, last couple of years, games played, that type of thing. And it's really, you're start, you're paying the player what they've been performing at, at the end of the day. It's sort of like a, you know, you look at pitching, you got max effort pitching. This is kind of like max effort payroll. You know, you're saying, hey, you're putting your maximum out there, we're just going to meet it. And just an idea of try to how the Reds to try to maybe put something together and salvage this window. So just a thought. I doubt anything ever happens like that, but it's just an uh, exercise I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks. Well, I think it no, definitely. I don't, I don't actually think that's a bad idea. Yeah, I think it's definitely dependent on the individual player. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. So, like, for example, if you have somebody who, say, is wanting to get that long-term contract, but he's not getting the offers that he wants. Maybe do, like you said, a one or two year prove it deal with a high annual average value. So I'll just, I'm just going to use Rendon as an example. I I still, I mean, I think he'll get his years, but let's say he's, he's not getting what he's thinks he's worth. And so some team let's, let's just, you know, say the Reds says like, okay, we'll give you $40 million to come here and play for us this year. He yeah, could, he could, yeah. yeah. Have to do it, right? So he could take that, and then, like you were saying, the next year, see what his offers are. Then, because you know, economics change year to year. You know, con- other teams might be losing some contracts off the books. They might be able to give him his, say, six-year contract. But it would be a unique uh, way to attract talent for at least one to two years. Yeah, uh, what kind of led me down the path was the Trevor Bauer, like, I'm going to go year to year. I was like, no one's going to go pure year to year. But I was like, what if, you know, you tried to employ that in a 
and a and a strategy to fit a window across multiple players, and theoretically it should work. But it, it, again, it comes down to the player. You know, some players will be open to it, some won't. And, and but I I don't see why the Reds can't like look to do something like that. Like hey, maybe it's Castellanos. Come hey, come here. We're gonna give you a two year deal worth forty four million bucks. You know, and you're gonna get paid what you're worth. You know, this is what you've shown to be worth. We're paying you what you're worth. Um, and then the Reds aren't locked in long term, you know, all that crap that comes with it and supposedly kills them later. I don't know. Just, it'd be, I just want them to try something. And to me, this is something different that they could maybe go and do. Kelly. I doubt, uh, I doubt that they would do it, but I, I actually, I don't know. I kind of support that just depending on the player, obviously. But I, I'm, honestly, anything to win. And you're right. There is a window. I think they do have a, a small window where they need to do something or they're going to lose talent like Joey Votto. They, they need to do something soon. Branch. Okay, I love the thought experiment, Lou. Um, I, I do like the idea of like doing Rendon for you know, 105 to 110 million for two years. Listen, you're going to make so much money in this time. You know, and you're still going to be young when you get out of it. Now, I do not know Rendon's marital status, family status, none of that. I think a lot of that plays into it with the players into wanting, you know, wanting stability for their family and their kids, basically, you know, as anybody would. So I, I think on an individual to individual basis, I believe you might see something like this soon. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know when. And I think it would be a, a really good opportunity for the Reds to look for those. Because as you said, uh, Coop, with, with Bauer, where Bauer's not married, not got any kids, and he's planning on taking one-year contracts anyway, he's right. Yeah, make as much as you can while you can. You know, um, because the idea of not having to pay for those decline years can bring your average annual value way up. And that's basically what you're saying is don't pay for the decline years. Where, where I could see someone taking a deal like this is someone who, say, rejects a uh, qualifying offer and entices a team to give them that big one-year payday so that it doesn't cripple their payroll for signing somebody who might cost them, you know, a sandwich pick or something. That's where I could see this scenario playing out. Uh, Sarah, what are your thoughts? I, I, I think it's a great thought, but yeah, I agree. It's going to depend on the individual player as well as, but it's going to de- depend on the team as well. So that, you know, yeah, one, two years, we're going to give you X amount and, you know, you'll still be young enough to get out of it and look for other things. But in that one to two years, how is the team going to settle into that? And it's, I mean, it's a big, it's a big thinking outside of the box. I mean, buy the team. Like if you're the player, you want to be, you want to say, you want to see other moves the team's going to yeah, make exactly. because at that point you're like if i'm going to do this i damn well better have some rings exactly exactly yeah so i mean i think it, i think you use the enticement of trying to win at all you know as a way to lure them there because yeah yeah you know right now you go to the angels like angels are probably going to throw a boatload of money out there right but they're not gonna they're not close you know <laughs> so well oh but throwing throwing a boatload of money out and and not being close versus, you know, historically we've, well, I can't say historically, but, you know, the Reds per se have, have kind of played it close to the chest, you know, is that enticement enough? Of, because, yeah, we're all always trying to to get to the big show. And yeah. 
So, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a big thinking outside of the box idea. And the one that I, I would like to see, I think that could pay off for a lot of teams and a lot of players, but um, you know, you kind of also got to admit, you've got to get owners to admit that, okay, maybe there isn't necessarily a box in the first place. Well, so, well, it also gives, and a lot of thought you're going down there, Sarah, is it gives an idea of, you know, when you got these teams that, you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, you know, the Astros, Dodgers, Cubs, that, that have all the money in the world, but they're bouncing against that salary cap. But teams like the Reds, your mid-market teams, could do this, and they're only going to bounce against that cap two years because that salary cap, or it's not really a salary cap, that luxury tax, excuse me. <laughs> That luxury tax, the de facto salary cap, is bugging those teams right now, the, those, those big market teams. And it, it penalizes worse with the more years you're over. So, so I think Wu's on to something that this is probably definitely going to happen because you can take those hits for some for time. For one or two years, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I get that. But, but you know, looking, looking at it, you know, from the red fan standpoint how many times recently have we taken those risks None. that's kind of of what led me down this too is because the reds suck at uh ever (laughs) being a free agent and i'm looking for (laughs) any way to make it happen so (laughs) exactly so you know it's like you know as a player i'd be going okay are we grasping at straws here what do we you if know. I'm a player, I'm going 105 million dollars in two years. Screw it, I'm I'm taking. That's, it, you know, that's fair. Also, that's fair. Also, so you know, it's as a rich motherfucker. <laughs> Coke and whores, baby. Coke and whores. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of Coke and whores, uh, our next topic is going to unfortunately involve a former Red, Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton today was arrested on a felony charge of injury to a child. So what happened allegedly is that he got into an argument with his teenage daughter and threw like a, threw like a cup or something like a water bottle or something, hit her and then threw a chair at her and then picked her up and took her into a room and started like beating on her like legs and back. And then allegedly said to her, Make sure you tell the judge this so I don't have to see you anymore. So, that's awful. I remember people being so mad at the trade when uh, Edison Volquez and Daniel Ray Herrera came to Cincinnati for Josh Hamilton, who went on to be an MVP. And But yeah, he signed that big contract with the Angels and petered out with that. Um, <laughs> Callie, let's start with you since you're coughing. Um <laughs> That guy's a douchebag. The guy's been a douchebag for a long time. I'm ready for him to finally go away. I think it's, I mean, that's pretty reprehensible. I didn't realize she was a teenager. Yeah. I think she's like 13 or 14, something like that. I mean, at that point, I don't really necessarily condone whacking your kids around at all. But at that point, like they're, they're a whole person. You definitely can't. That That's just a different line. They're way too close to being another adult. It's kind of fucked up. The whole thing's fucked up. It's fucked up no matter how old she is, but I don't know. For some reason, I thought she was like eight or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a messed up story. Sarah, your thoughts on Josh Hamilton and his latest legal problems? Yeah, I agree, Callie. I thought she was like nine. I didn't realize she was a teenager. 
Yeah, teenagers can be a major pain in the ass, but there's no call for that kind of what you know reaction from an adult from someone who should have their shit together exactly well and from someone who should be completely loving and protective of this person because doesn't aren't there older girls am i wrong in that i'm not sure i'm not sure (laughs) i was gonna say we we're not ask we're not asking the question that needs to be asked right now and that is where is uh, Jerry Naren's brother? <laughs> Where was he when this happened? Since he had his, you know, babysitter when he was yeah. here and when he's with the Rangers. I mean, maybe he's he's 38 years old. Maybe he still needs his babysitter. Branch. And, and some people do. Yeah. Uh, as, as far as the actual incident goes, I don't have enough information on it yet to make any kind of call on it. I mean, I, I I've never had daughters. Have my teenage sons got physical with me? Yes. Uh, does that happen sometimes? Yes. Do teenagers do really dumb shit sometimes? Yes. Um, they say a lot of stupid shit. Yes. yes. Do you stop loving them? No. I, you know, I don't, I just don't know enough information on it. I just don't. And yeah, but I mean, he, Josh needs to go away. Just quit being an MLB, quit being a story. It's, it's it, just he's actually had a really good career and he's just, He's wasted so much God-given talent. Branch, I've got some breaking it's news. Sad. I've got some breaking news. All right. The uh, guy we were just talking about who didn't drop the beers has his own Bud Light commercial because I just saw it on the World Series. No <laughs> way. That's rad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He that dude's it. living his best life. Yeah, he is. Hell yeah. He's probably got a hell of a cool bruise, too. He probably yes. already, He's probably got like, a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know that shit hasn't even turned yellow and green and whatnot yet. <laughs> uh, I would like to think that I would do the same in the situation. I really do. I Chris, would, you know what? I honestly totally think would. that that is what you would do in that situation. That's probably totally what you would do. It probably is. Hey, I would, I would make money off myself looking like, you know, whatever. I mean, you could throw me off like a cliff or something and film it. <laughs> and as long as I can make money off of it. I mean, and if I mean, if I live and I can. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that I would live. I'm not talking like a 400 foot cliff. I'm talking just like a 20 foot just cliff. Just a small cliff. Just like a broken leg kind of thing. I will. <laughs> I will break my leg for like a couple million dollars. No problem at all. Woo. Let's I mean, get like, back to. <laughs> if I got hit with in the face with a baseball and they gave me a free ticket or something because I didn't drop my beers, I mean, it would be embarrassing. But I mean, so and it's free cool. ticket. Yeah. It's a World Series. <laughs> Woo, your uh, your thoughts on uh, Josh Hamilton and or uh, what you would do for money? Uh, <laughs> what? What would you do for uh, money? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Josh Hamilton, uh, human trash. And there we go. That's it. And uh, that's that's actually pretty I, I w- short I would, and sweet. I'd throw, I'd throw you off uh, a cliff for money. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's always nice to have a friend who would throw you off a cliff. For money. Well, that too. Why don't we get to the uh, listener question portion of the program? So earlier today, I sent out on Twitter uh, asking people to ask a question using the hashtag Game 7 Erection. So our first question comes from, actually comes from Burmy, who was not on tonight. He asked, hashtag Game 7 Erection, when was the last time Phil had a Game 7 Erection without blue chews? Well... (laughs) 
Phil needs a little help in that area. Yeah, so Phil, yeah, Phil definitely needs to help with the, uh, the, uh, the what is called the blood flow situation. Circulation uh, issues. It's not his fault. He probably listens to Locked on Red, so, you know. <laughs> so we had two people who asked pretty much the same question. Jeremy asked who the hell records a podcast during Game 7 of the World Series, and that would be us. Uh, Bill asked, hashtag Coop Poop, what kind of stupid baseball podcast records episodes during World Series Game 7? Uh, we are that stupid podcast, so go fuck yourselves. Uh, Emily, who has guest hosted on here before, asks, MVP predictions, and please don't make me use the hashtag. Well, I mean, the hashtag's part of the question. I don't know. Should we answer this or not? What's the hashtag? The hashtag is Game 7 yeah. Erection. Answer it. Answer it. It's actually oh. All right, MVP predictions. Uh, I'm going to say Bregman in the AL, and hmm, NL is a little tougher. I want to say Rendon, but I got a feeling it's going to be like Bellinger or something. I think it's going to be Bellinger, and I agree with Bregman. Woo. I think it's going to be Bellinger. It should be uh, Trout, but it won't be. It won't be. Again. Because he got hurt again. Again. Yeah. Branch. Yeah. It should also be Yelich, but it won't be. Right. I uh, think it's gonna be Bra- uh, I think it's gonna be Bregman and Rendon. Sarah. The playoffs always matter. I'll agree with all of that of being Bregman and Rendon because you know you guys have been watching. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's regular season. Uh, well, well, yeah. Overall, yeah. Ryan, who was also not on tonight and is probably doing something with white sheets, asks uh, hashtag Game Seven erection. What's your favorite episode of Big Mouth? I've never seen Big Mouth, so I'll let everybody else answer that. What the fuck is Big Mouth? What? What the fuck is Big Mouth? I got nothing. Are we talking about the Morrissey song? Because, you know. I have no idea what that is. We don't have small children. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Is it a a cartoon? Ryan. No. Get get your mind out of the gutter, (laughs) Woo. Speaking of... Speak of what quid are you going to do for quo. me? <laughs> yeah, pro, quid pro quo. Yeah, you want to know? You want to know what quid? Perfect podcast. Th- this, <laughs> this is. It was a perfect conversation on this podcast. <laughs> it was an absolutely that. beautiful conversation. Most most beautiful. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to some questions here. <laughs> Jonathan Webster at J Webster ten. Shout to Jonathan. He asks, hashtag Game Seven Erection. What MLB team is the most likable for you guys? I'm assuming outside of the Reds. And then a follow-up. Do the NFL or NBA have more likable teams? Uh, I'll go first on this one. Uh, I think the NBA has more likable teams. And then a major league team that's the most likable outside of the Reds for me. Uh, I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Royals. Just because it's a similar market. And they were able actually to do some good and you know win a world series but that's i think that's for me is for some reason the royals has always been a team that i mean it's not like i openly root for them but and i mean the expos are now the nationals but when they were the expos i liked them too uh branch we'll start with you um it changes year to year because i usually kind of try to pick one al team to kind of follow every year i don't have a solid al team this year it was the twins uh they were fun uh, the regular season was great. I, it was it was a fun team to kind of follow. Next year, it's liable to be the Royals or somebody else. But outside of the you know, yeah, I usually try to try to watch some AL team that I kind of pay attention to for the whole year. Sarah, as far as the NBA or NFL, 
I have no clue because I don't pay attention to either of those. Yeah, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, baseball and hockey. That's it. Uh, but as far as a team outside of the Reds that have been fun, homegirl's going to go always with the Padres just because I grew up watching Hometown them. Hometown team, but, yeah. Yeah, but Tennis Jr.'s been, been interesting to watch and come up, and he's going to be amazing. It, he already has been amazing. Yeah. So, you know, keep up, keep up with that kid for sure. Woo. Oh, until basically this week, the Astros were, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I loved what they did, tore it all down, build it up, all that stuff. And now, just ruined me. Um, yes. Um, outside of that, uh, the NBA and uh, NFL kind of suck, so it's hockey. That's way better. Choose one of those teams and watch them. So. Are there hockey teams that are likable? Uh, yes, they are. If you say the Blue Jackets, absolutely there are. <laughs> yes, uh, gritty Cal- is likable. Callie, gritty is likable. Gritty is lovable. <laughs> um, for baseball, I have always kind of had a soft spot for the Tigers because I've loved Verlander for so long. Um, also, they're not exactly our direct opponents, so it felt okay. I don't give a shit about the NBA, but if I had to choose, I guess the Knicks, because they're terrible. They try so hard, and they're just so bad. And I do love the Packers. I think that they're a pretty likable team. They rarely have anyone go to prison for something god-awful. It's publicly owned. Cheese curds. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Beer and cheese. Football. Aaron Rodgers. Bart Starr. Brett Favre, Listen to Callie setting the bar so high. so high. So high. <laughs> you know. That is one of my favorite video clips is when some old lady just walks by Rogers and kisses him on the head and then he looks at the camera and gives a thumbs up. Cracks me up every time. He's really funny. I bet he's an absolute asshole, but he's awfully funny. Yeah. <laughs> he may be. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, his whole family wrote him off. No one has anything nice to say about him exactly, but, I mean, he entertains the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, his brother. In a couple weeks, and I am extremely excited about it. Yes. His brother does a lot of SEC Network games, so I get to hear him all the time, but, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because cool. of Kentucky, you know. Hey, Coop, can uh, I expound on this this subject just a little bit? Branch, expound. Okay. You know, there is one team that I follow just because their social media people are so damn awesome, and it's the Colorado Rockies. And I have no love for them, but the social media team's so good. I follow the Rockies. But on the That's other hand, the Colorado Avalanche are kick-ass. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it, it's just weird that I follow a team, kind of, because yeah. the social media team's good, you know. I like the... Big- I was a big Orioles fan for like 10, 12 years because the Reds were horrible and they had Moose and Cal and all that stuff. It was fun. But the the Vegas Golden Knights, their social media is pretty good too. Uh, I follow them because, well, the main reason I started following them was I wanted to pick an NHL team and it wasn't going to be the Blue Jackets. And when they started as a as the expansion team, I thought, well, I'll just follow this team and this will be my NHL team. Well, games that started like ten thirty at night, when you you know work and you got kids and all that, it's kind of hard to keep up with them. So I kind of you know lost track 
and didn't really follow through, but I still follow them on Twitter and they're a good follow. So shout out to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, I guess. Totally get that group. When I lived on the West Coast following uh, the Avalanche, you get off work at like 4.30 and they're on mountain time and the hockey games are starting at like 6.30. Hell yeah, it's time to drink a beer and watch some hockey. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. Move to the East Coast. It's not so great. It's yeah, not so yeah. Great <laughs> at all. We just keep up through Twitter. Yeah. Coop, so, does the Red social media team not owe you a hat? Callie, thank you for bringing this up. So, the <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, and I don't know why you would, the Red, I've I've had like a season long running joke with the Reds that first it was they should buy me a 1911 hat and. Callie bought me the 1911 hat, so shout out to you, Callie. Aww. And then I changed it to a 1919 hat because that was the, like the next one that I really liked. And they kind of dragged me every now and then when I set it up on a T forum, but uh, I still don't have the hat. And I don't know what what I need to do. To... I don't know. I feel like they strung you along for most of the season. They should probably send you a hat. I, I mean, I agree. So everybody send a tweet. When you listen to this podcast, send a tweet to the Reds with the hashtag give Coop the hat. Give Coop the hat. Give hashtag give Coop the hat. If we can get a couple hundred people to send that to them, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? If they send Coop the hat, I will consider partially funding his new laptop as a sponsor. See, now we're talking here. This is where they have to send you the hat, though. This is this is where we need you, the listeners of the Hunt for Reds October podcast, to come through in the clutch. Has to be the Reds that send you the hat, not just some random right. listener, but the Reds. Right now, I will accept free stuff from random listeners, but in terms of the nineteen nineteen hat, <laughs> I mean, I don't got any shame. But the nineteen nineteen hat at Reds, you can send it to their Twitter, send it to their Facebook. Send it to their Instagram. Hashtag. Speaking of um, sending random gifts, mm-hmm. whoever sent me a box of cereal to my shop the other day. Thanks. I guess. I mean, thanks. thanks. Yeah. What kind of cereal? Some kind of berry thing, man. I don't. It was. Well, at least. Great. I mean, at I don't least. Know. I mean, of all the shit to send, it was a box of cereal. So. Hey. Well, it's useful. Know. I mean, it's yeah. better. It's better than a penis. <laughs> You know what? It is. It's a whole lot better. It could be worse. It's an absolute fuck ton better. You are correct. Could be worse. But, but then again, if somebody actually sent a penis to the shop, oh, I'd have to call the cops. And I don't. Well, like yeah, but. Like, what if it's Rasputin's penis? What if it's Rasputin's penis in a jar? That's yeah, it's fun. still in. They still have that in a jar. It's like two hundred years old. <laughs> You can bring Why? Why is that in a jar? That you can go- here, here, you can Google that and you can see it. Why is it in a jar? Um, it's in a jar and it's spectacular. <laughs> Shout out to my man Rasputin. He was slanging. That's all I'm gonna say. Rasputin. A peasant. A peasant from from Siberia brought down the royals of Russia in World War One, And he did it with a large cock. So. One did. And now it's in a jar forever yes. fucking immortalized on this podcast. What's, what's funny is you could, when you Google, 
you can Google it, and <laughs> you'll That's see. That's the worst top- thing to Google, by the way. And you, and you'll, but it's been done. There's one. I was paying attention to the game. Were we talking about Todd there? Yes. Uh, okay. No, not with not when we're talking about a big. But anyway, uh, we'll, no, just his wife. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you Google that, you get, one of the pictures is like this lady in like a white coat, like a almost like a scientist thing, just looking at this big old thing in the. Anyway, we should move on. Why did you Google that? <laughs> it's a famous story. You've got too much time on your hands. It used to be the uh, avatar in one of my Twitter accounts. But anyway, let's go on. Do to you the... use incognito mode? That's all I'm wondering right now. No, because, use? I mean, it technically, no. technically it's like a specimen. It's not really, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't. Search history, but I mean, I wouldn't Google it at work, but. <laughs> anyway. Let's I move don't on. use incognito mode ever. Whole new list, Coop's on. Really, I'm going to send that to you all when we're done with this podcast. But anyway, let's, <laughs> no, 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 no. let's move on. <laughs> yes, no, Kelly, you've seen it. It's fine. It brought down a monarchy. Right. I mean, <laughs> that is a powerful, powerful thing. <laughs> So our uh, our next our next question, and I and I I'm sorry that we're transitioning from Rasputin's penis right to you, buddy. But um, this one, <laughs> Branch, I'm going to need you on this one. This is from Jesse Byrne at JBSON 1992. He asks hashtag Game Seven erection. Good day, mates. Jesse here from Australia. Just want to know what you guys what your guys' best tips are for grilling a steak on the barbecue. And please don't say, why don't you just throw another shrimp on it? Cheers and cheers. First of all, Jesse, thanks for listening. I'm sorry that the lead into your question was what that was. But Branch, as the grill master of the podcast, let our man Jesse know what the best tip is for grilling a steak. There's a couple. Number one is buy good quality beef. Uh, there's no substitute for buying more expensive beef. You get what you pay for it. Number two, cook it in over hot charcoal, but do it on, uh, in the indirect cooking method uh, to get it up to about 110 degrees. Then once it's internal temperature is at 110 degrees, move it over to the top of the charcoal and sear it up to 135. Then remove let rest for one minute and serve and it will be and it doesn't matter whatever damn seasonings you put on it or anything it's just, it's going to be the best steak you've ever had in your life so technical now uh, but, jesse you might need to com- you might need to calculate that in calculus calculus fuck celsius <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah I, I haven't got my calculator to, here in front of me cook to three standard That's all fahrenheit do, use a conversion <laughs> Mr. Guy from Australia, I've been to your country. Thanks for having me. It was great. I would love to go to Australia. <laughs> I've never been. I would love to go. Oh, it was great. I, I was only there for like two days, but it was fantastic. If I if I was going to Australia, there's there's really three, maybe four places I would really want to go to. I'd want to go to Ayers Rock. I'd want to go to Sydney. I want to go to Melbourne, and then I'd want to go see the Bon Scott statue, which is on the west coast. I forget the city that's in, but I'm a huge old school ACDC fan, and Bon Scott was one of my favorites so i'd want to go get a picture with the statue of him i forget the name 
of the city that it's in on the west coast of Australia. But Jesse, if you listen to this, let me know. But yeah, we're going to Australia though. Area Reef. We've got to go to Uluru and talk about dingoes eating our babies. But then I would, I personally would also want to scuba dive the Great Barrier Reef. Well, the Great White Sharks. Yes, fine. If but, I could eat, I, I mean, eat. no big. Do you really want to see dragons? I mean, that's what dying, that's what killed that's what killed Steve Irwin was swimming with a stingray. A stingray killed Steve Irwin. <laughs> Actually, his buddy pulling the stingray stinger out of his heart is what killed Steve Irwin. Yeah, what a, what a fucking moron, by the way. I never, I never, you leave it in there. I never saw the video, and I actually I don't want to see that because I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of watching videos where people actually die. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Coop, I want to uh, revise my answer. I don't want to throw you over a cliff. I want to take you diving at the out the Great Barrier Reef and watch you die there. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Well, hopefully, hope like everything in Australia kill you. Yes, but I would only be visiting. Absolutely, everything <laughs> in Australia is trying to kill you. Yeah, even the kangaroos and the koala bears. I feel uh, like it's probably beautiful, but like you're gonna die. Right. Every every thirty seconds or so, if you're not real careful. I'd like to. Odds oh, are pretty good. Yeah. I went there when I was in the service, and we were doing a mock amphibious assault of the. Uh, we, we're not gonna say what coast, but. Um, I was working with the Australian Royal Marines, and afterwards we went out and got drunk, and those guys were great. Aren't those oh, guys people like, in Australia? Fantastic. <laughs> That's all I can we've say. Got, we've got friends in Tasmania, but yeah. everything else in Australia is trying to kill you. Other than I, just doing my job as a Marine and then going and drinking with their Marines or equivalent of Marines, whatever they're called, actually, it was a good time. <laughs> I, I think those guys are crazy and, like, absolutely just badass. Australian Marines? We had a good well, time. Yeah, wasn't that dude that got his arms and legs chewed off by a tiger shark? Australian Royal, whatever. I think he was. I, I don't know if they're Australian Royal Marines. I can't remember because I did join exercises of British Royal Marines, and I, it was whatever the Marine equivalent is in Australia. It might be Australian Royal Marines. I just I can't remember. You know. Anyway, it was just a joint exercise we did one time when I was in the service. I'd also whatever. I also would want to go to one of those Australian Rules football games. Oh hell yes! Oh absolutely. The, those yeah. used to be God, on ESPN yeah. all the time, and they they kick the ball through the things, and the, the little refs would just take their finger, like little finger guns, and be like, "Oh man!" Oh dude, that 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 game is so badass. But it used to be on ESPN too. Yes. Snatch them up. Yes, I would want to go to one of those games. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. Wu, how you doing over there? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, our next question is from Joshua Rutherford. Shout out to Joshua at Joshua. R nine four seven six. What are you? What are you supposed to do if if one has a hashtag game seven erection for more than four hours? Well, nothing because that's how long the game lasts. So you're you're fine. Exactly. Now, if the game goes five hours, consult your physician. Wu, you actually had the last question, which was what's the score of the game, and it's, it was two nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's going to bring us to the Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the week. So what that is, is you we will go around the room here. We'll nominate our biggest dick of the week. And let's start with Woo. Woo, who's your Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week? Uh, I guess you got to go with Josh Hamilton. That's a solid call right there. So uh, Branch, Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. God, he took he, – I wrote two down. He took the first one. I'm going to go with Joe Torrey just because, yeah, that was bullshit yesterday. Yeah, Hayden instead of just, you know, whatever. Did you see that post-game interview? Oh, that was rough. It was bad. Yes, it was. 
She took the winner. Uh, Sarah, your biggest dick of the week. A person. Yeah. A person. A person. A person. I don't know. It's been a pretty good week. The waffles. No. Bridget Wu took mine. So I'm going to stick with it. Josh Hamilton for the win. All right. Well, he's definitely on the list then. Uh, <laughs> Callie, have you have you thought of a uh, Tom Brady Memorial Cornhog of the Week? Um, I, I'll mm-hmm. do mine while you're thinking. Okay. So for my Cornhog of the Week, it's going to be Joel Embiid because he choked and punched Carl Anthony Towns tonight in a fight. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Kentucky player. So Joel, M- Joel Embiid can go get fucked. Kelly. <laughs> All right. Mine's, um, I'm just going to call him Man from Covington. Some guy the other day called me at my job and asked me if I would buy his Willie Mays baseball card. And I said, it would really depend on what it looks like. Condition is key when it comes to this kind of thing. I don't know what your card looks like. I don't know what year it was, you know. This goes on for a few minutes. I'm really trying to get off the phone with this guy because it's very clear that he's not serious about me actually buying it. And I finally said, man, get that you say it's nice. I hear that all the time. I'm pretty lighthearted. And he goes, oh, well, I guess since I said it, you're calling me a fucking liar. And then proceeded to call me every name in the book and hang up on me. So I I nominate Guy from Covington as the Cornhog of the Week because Frankly, that took like six weeks off the back end of my life. So, well, Jared can just fuck off. I mean, really. Well, he's going to be on the poll. <laughs> guy who called about card. Guy who called about card. <laughs> oh, we all know it's Jer. <laughs> well, Jeremy. And here's and here's. Can I suddenly th- redo mine and just make Jer my corn hog of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Let me redo this whole thing. Okay. All right, my corn hog of the week is Jeremy because. It's what he deserves, and that's all I got. Poor Jer. No, he's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after you, I love how this, the back end of this podcast huh? it went off the rails. It always spirals. <laughs> Every time. So after you listen, vote for those. I'm having a hard time moment. picking the person that pissed me off the most this week. Yeah, yeah, it's a, you're in a rough spot. I mean. Anyway, so that's maybe, about me. Maybe I'm the corn hog <laughs> You might be. So that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll go around the room here, have everybody give their final thoughts, and we're going to start with Sarah. Sarah, give us your final thoughts. Oh, final thoughts. Let's just make it through the next two days so that I can get to my four day weekend. Boom. Branch, give us your final thoughts. Uh, bye bye. It's 2019 baseball season. Gonna miss you. Uh, that's about it. It's been swell. Swell. It's been swell. Swell. It's gone down. Uh, Woo, give us your final thoughts. I hate bunts, and there's been too many bunts in the damn World Series. Please stop. <laughs> Don't one. Never bunt. Hit dingers. Never fucking bunt. Stop never it. Bunt. Hit stop dingers. Two, I'm going to Disney World on Sunday, and I'm going to Star Wars Galaxy Edge, and I'm pumped, and you can all make fun of me, but I'm You're very excited. You're going to have so much fun! Oh my god, I'm so happy for you! I, I am going to tweet at Coop all day about it, so he can get excited. <laughs> Will, here, here's what I want you to do. Oh my god. 
Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to. I want you to go to Epcot. I want you to go to the I'm infamous bathroom. I'm not going bathroom. there. No, no. <laughs> I want you to go into the stall and just think about what happened I, in there. I can only go to one park, and I'm sure as hell not doing that. So, so you can't. You're Epcot. not going to go to Epcot. No, I'm only, I'm only going one day, and so I'm going. Oh, to okay. Now that studios. okay, that makes sense then. Uh, if you were the one for like the week, I'm sorry to miss out on that grand adventure though. It brings a tear to my eye. But yes. One day, Brought if I, to that kid's eye too. Yes, <laughs> go back. There is there is the poop cast edition of the podcast where Callie and Emily and I told poop stories. But if you want to go back, I think it's like episode ten, something like that. Go back and listen to that, and you will know the Epcot story. So, Callie, give us your final thoughts. <laughs> I had a lot. Now, honestly, Woo, I'm just so excited for you because you're going to have so much fun. It's so cool. You're gonna love excited. it. It's it's so cool. You're going to have such a fucking blast, and I'm so happy for you. So enjoy that. So my final thought is usually a shout-out to the sponsor of the podcast, but she's on, so shout-out to you, Kelly. Um, Thanks. I want to give a shout-out to Unc Graham at Unc Graham on Twitter. Uh, he didn't get his shout-out yet this week. So for Kelly and Wu and Branch and Sarah, this is Coop Sand. We'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.